listen to the full extended version of today's episode on our YouTube channel, Not That Good Media. Hello, Hello and, and welcome. <laughs> oh, you're doing it. Okay. <laughs> That's fine. You're good. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, usually do. <laughs> I, I thought I, okay, you continue. <laughs> no, no, you, you could go, you go. I like this. We'll leave it solid. You go. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Hello and welcome. Slow <laughs> <laughs> stop. Hello, I'm Arafat. I'm in the UK. And I'm Mohammed, and I'm in the US. And you're listening to Slow Pit Stop. Hello, and welcome back to Slow Pit Stop. This is Mohammed, and as you've heard from my co-host Arafat, we are joined uh, with our guest Adam. Uh, Adam, how are you doing? I'm. Awesome, guys. It's a beautiful day. Oh, my God. In Boston, the sun is shining. The boats are on the Charles. And Max Verstappen is driving his heart out. It couldn't be better for a Red Bull fan. This is a good day for you, Adam, because not only are you a Red Bull fan, so you must be happy that Verstappen won, but you're also a Canadian, and we are just coming out of the Canada Grand Prix. How was it seeing your country represented on Formula One? Oh, it's so nice to be back. And, and the, the beautiful thing is that it's clear that everybody else feels this way. You know, you saw Max saying we should race here for many more years. Lewis loved to just get out there again. Um, honestly, there's so much fondness for this darn track. I think it's a top five. I think we yeah. can defensively say even even I you know, I think I somewhat prefer street circuits of late. And even so, this traditional track just really... It Adam, I have a question for you. The Pantheon, please. Apart from this track, what are, what are the top three things about Canada as a country, as a whole? Can I answer? Oh man, yes, go ahead. Top three things <laughs> about. Please, I want to hear it. Top three things about Canada. Number one, they're not America. Number two, uh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much all I've got. All right, Adam, back to you. <laughs> All right. So normally when I'm at home, I'm on call, so I'm still in my scrubs, but I would usually pull back my sweater to reveal my Bernie Sanders t-shirt, which would help you to understand. So, so I'm a big welfare state liberal, one of those jerks. So probably that would be number one for Canada. And then what are the... That's actually true. I'll give you that. I actually love about Canada. Uh, probably, you know, that whole cosmopolitan thing. We do the cultural patchwork rather than the melting pots or like multiculturalism is really more on our sleeve. I love that. Toronto used to be the most multicultural city in the world, might still be just, just a total blast and just like a very safe and supportive place. And then just to throw down a random curveball, I'll say Schwartz's Deli in Montreal is number three. Best smoked meat in the world. Uh, just is, so moist. Maple syrup not got to mention. Yeah, you know, the, that joke comes up a lot. I don't know. Oh, it's I not really a joke. Like My much. favorite Krispy Kreme is the maple syrup Krispy Kreme, and they've is not made right? it for years. How can you I'm talk devastated. about Canada and donuts in the same sentence and not bring up Tim Hortons? Why would you, why would you besmirch Tim the Hortons good name? Tim Hortons has only started recently coming to the UK. Okay, but you like have locations. Money. There's a location in Glasgow, Arfa. You can go. I've been to it. They're, they're yeah, okay. They're, they're, they're iced coffees are around okay. every corner. Whereas Krispy Kreme's is everywhere. I think I've actually been to that location in Glasgow <laughs> as well. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, maple, for me, I like a maple glazed ham much better than a honey glazed ham. But otherwise, you can keep most of your maple, I'm afraid. Adam, I've got a question for you. I have a lot of family in Ontario, and they have all mm-hmm. unanimously told me that the rest of Canada hates Montreal and Quebec. Can you 
shine some light on why that is. Yeah, yeah I would say they don't hate Montreal because Montreal is kind of an Anglophone city, but Quebec they certainly do. And I think there's, there's supposed to be a lot of snootiness and entitlement about being French and, and being Francophone and having that culture, um, which you, you could take or leave. I think it's kind of a nice aspect of our culture. But I think for some people, they think a lot of entitlement comes with it. And in some cases, it's literal. So it's a have-not province. Mm-hmm. So a lot of taxes in Ontario and Alberta go to Quebec to fund their infrastructure. They're still paying off the incredibly bad deal they got on the Olympics, which is many decades ago now. Hmm. So there's a lot of resentment about that. So that may, might eclipse anything that you might find quaint about having a pseudo-European province in, in Canada. Why did they decide to sing their national anthem in French? Um, did they? Was it the Quebec anthem or was it the Canadian anthem? I didn't really. Catch oh, I actually part. don't know. Or... That's a good point. It could have been the Quebec anthem. What was it? I don't know or because they they did know. sing in English later. Oh, Canada, my home and native land. Yeah. But before that, there was something in French, and I just assumed it was Oh, Canada in French. Maybe it was. I hope it was. Did it start with O Canada? Because I don't know. I missed. I missed the first couple seconds. I I came in halfway through. (laughs) That's so funny, dude. Yeah, I wasn't actually paying that much attention either. You know, on F one TV where you go from the pre race show to the current race show, and you have to switch your your feed. Yeah, something similar like that happened, which is why I missed the beginning. Um, But okay, that's it's good to know that uh, you know Canada is united against Quebec for no speaking of pre-race shows should we get into some of the drama that happened before the race even started yeah so i think you know our podcast covers a lot of good ground and i think we take a very sensible approach to a lot of different topics one of the areas i'd like to see us uh develop in and get better at is formula one gossip i didn't realize (laughs) that there is so much formula one gossip out there and other podcasts do a great job of covering it, and we never talk about it. So, starting this week, I'm going to bring up a tidbit of Formula One gossip every week as much as I can. This week, we had an episode of the Real Housewives of Formula One. Apparently, there was a team principal meeting to discuss the technical directive that we'll get over. We'll, we'll cover in a minute uh, to address the porpoising and Lewis Hamilton's poor back and. Uh, I guess the team principals aren't all united in whether or not we need a uh, technical directive. So uh, <laughs> Toto Wolf became very vocal and he had an arguing match with Mattia Binotto and the Netflix cameras were there to record the whole thing. And uh, they got the whole thing on camera. And at the end, Christian Horner went, you did that for the cameras, didn't you? You hammed it up a bit for the TV. I guess some people want to be reality TV stars. Wow, who would have thought? What do you guys think about this? That seems weird to me. You know, if he just got into a fight on camera with Christian Horner, I would have been like, yeah, whatever. It's just those two being those two again. The fact that he went after Matteo Bonotto, who just seems like, I don't know, a sweet... Yeah. Uh, do you know, but that's the animal kingdom, right? So you have... old man, yeah. <laughs> You have this animal kingdom phenomenon, right? So you have Toto, he's the entrepreneur, which he never lets you forget. You have <laughs> you have Christian, who is the ex-driver, ex-racer, and then you have Mattia, who's the engineer. So as a business bro, you do have to constantly bully the nerdy engineer. Like that's just... <laughs> and you actually can see that in some of those principles interviews. Mattia is so mousy. Yeah. I can yeah. just see it. 
Matteo, that is so not right. I can't wait to see it. No, Matteo, no, no. That That is a triggering sentence for fans of Mercedes. I don't appreciate that. I know, but it's so good. Uh, the, re- the remixes are the best. Yeah. All right. So that is our gossip portion. Moving, though, to the technical directive. Okay, so let's talk about this. Has Mercedes sort of backfired? That's kind of been what I've been hearing on Reddit and Twitter and stuff. Mercedes was pushing for this change, and now they've got a change that's going to hurt them the most. But honestly, I don't know that it would hurt Mercedes the most. It feels like it would affect all the teams except for Red Bull equally. What do you guys think about this directive that you're going to have to raise your ride height if you can't stop the oscillations? Yeah, so initially this technical directive came from the FIA, which was about the porpoising problem. And the porpoising, as we all know, occurs because if your car is too low, it gets sucked into the ground and then bounces up and down as you get to a critical downforce level. There was an argument from a variety of drivers that on health and safety grounds, this is going to be damaging to their spines um, or just their health, you know, bouncing up and down like that. They're like, this is unsafe. Now, there's lots of things that a Formula One car does that is unsafe, um, that we don't make safe, uh, even though we could. One example is anti-lock brakes. We don't have anti-lock brakes on Formula One cars, even though they're much, much safer. But it's because it adds an extra challenge to the drivers and it lets them show off their driving skill. There's nothing about porpoising that allows a driver to show off their skills. It's just random bouncing, which, you know, from their point of view is a nuisance. Mm-hmm. Um so there's all this talk about, okay, we need to change the way the cars are set up or the rules or something or the way the suspension is so that this bouncing stops. If it was just on competitive grounds, you could say, well, Red Bull got the job sorted. The rest of you mm-hmm. didn't. Tough. Red Bull's done a good job. They they don't deserve to have that taken away. If they said, look, from next year, we're going to change mm-hmm. it to bring the pack together a bit, I could understand that because Red Bull would get to have their spoils this year and next year they tried to close the pack up. Mm-hmm. The health and safety thing is interesting. So today, because I'm a man of education, I <laughs> went to an occupational lung disease clinic today um, and sat in with my friend Ruth. Um, Ruth's a consultant in respiratory and occupational For people outside the UK, a consultant is a type of doctor. I know I didn't know that either. <laughs> a consultant is the equivalent of attending in the States and staff in Canada. So there you go. There's all three con- so I was talking to Ruth about the porpoising and the bouncing and she said there's something called whole body vibrations which is a problem in agricultural industry you know people that drive mm. tractors and things yeah. like that mm-hmm. and she showed me stuff online so what was HSC so health and safety England or something um, and they have some guidance on how much you're allowed to vibrate uh, in vehicles and buses and trucks uh, and they even have an Excel sheet where there's a calculator wow. where you put in the meters per second squared of x-axis, y-axis, z-axis, and it tells right. you if you hit the maximum limit. So the Formula One cars are clearly going to go over that. Um, mm-hmm. So there is a health argument to be made for this level of vibration, which I think yeah. is why the FIA is putting something through. Now, they didn't want to be seen as capitulating to Mercedes', Mercedes. demands because clearly yeah. Mercedes are the ones that are suffering from this the most and it's having a mm-hmm. sporting effect on them as well as, as well as a health one. So rather than saying, right, everybody has to have a minimum ground clearance of X, which would get rid of the problem. They've said, we're going to enforce how we are checking the, the bottom of the car and we're going to start measuring these oscillations and a maximum number of oscillations is going to be allowed. 
And so it almost puts the onus on the teams that says, you need to fix this. And if you can't fix it for your driver, you have to raise the ride height yourself. We're not going to yeah. make other people do it. Yeah. And actually, all things considered, I think this is the fairest mechanism um, that they can do because they are prioritizing driver safety and they're putting the onus on the teams to deal no, with the I issue. No, but I think there was a leaked version, like a leaked draft version of the technical directive that came out and it said you would have to raise the ride height, which would negatively impact uh, like Mercedes and not so much maybe Ferrari as well. It would bring, pull Ferrari back. That's the interesting thing. I'm sure that's why they got angry is because Charles is saying, oh, this doesn't bother me. Um, and so he finds it totally tolerable and they yeah. have a great advantage. You guys have all of this, like, you know, sky is falling, talk about how Red Bull are going to run away with the championship, but I think it's so oh, incredibly, incredibly close. Um, but but this change, you know, if it had to be affected over the course of this season, would be very detrimental to Ferrari's hopes. Yeah, I think I think this week in Canada, everyone was bouncing. Like, if especially going mm-hmm. down the main street, you could see it. Like, all the cars are having a little bit of vibration to them. So I, I don't think anyone can say that they don't have the porpoising. And I like the argument that some people have been making that we don't want to see this as fans either. Like, it is so annoying to go on yeah. and onboard and hear the... And you don't see the head going up. Like, it's annoying. Yeah. So I, I kind of want to see... If not, probably not this year, but at least from next year, if they do change the regulations to eliminate the porpoising, I think it would be a huge step forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think that this, this regulation is fine. I like the idea that, hey, we're in a ground effect era. Figure it out. And if you can't, uh, you can't hurt your drivers just to keep up the pace for now. Because... Like you know, like it or not, that's that was kind of the early days of the last, you know, the last turbo hybrid era was just mm-hmm. nobody else could figure it out. So Mercedes charged off in the distance. It's still dreary. I don't even want that for Red Bull. I want duels. I want every race yeah. to be like Jetta. But yeah. uh, but honestly, you know, it, I like the fact that this is obviously a new engineering challenge, mm-hmm. and I have every confidence that Ferrari and Mercedes, at the very least, will catch up. And as we may get to, I think Alpine's probably also on the trail of doing so as well. So I, I like to think that maybe it will be a tight, a tight, uh, you know, front runner pack once folks have sorted out the ground effect thing. Might take a year or two, but that's not the end of the world. Oh, and by the way, Arafat, you must ask your consultant mentor if body oscillations, vibrations are so bad, then why are they also the first line therapy for mucus plugs? Don't riddle me this. (laughs) So uh, there's some argument for a small amount of oscillations and vibrations. There was a study that like some degree of body vibration increases um, testosterone levels and is good for osteoporosis and things Mm -hmm, like that. mm -hmm, But mm -hmm. it's that J curve of do a little bit and it helps do a lot of it. And it's, it stops being helpful. Yep. We need to get people oscillating. They need to figure out the exact oscillation level that boosts your performance and leave yeah. it at that. Leave it at that. <laughs> I think that level is water aerobics, as far as I'm yeah. concerned. <laughs> if you talk to middle-aged patients enough. I, I am yeah. glad, though, that Lewis's four herniated discs have gone back into place and he's no longer complaining of uh, back pain. Because, uh, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> One week turnaround. It's a medical miracle. For better or worse, that guy is the best on the microphone at all times. <laughs> <laughs> so we start at the beginning of Lewis's weekend in qualifying. Yeah. So I, I really enjoyed qualifying. I think, you know, going from the wet to dry, it, it adds this whole extra challenge in that you have to be on the track at the right moment. And 
whatever lap you're doing has to be perfect because it could suddenly be the last lap. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really like qualifying, you know, going from wet to dry conditions. I think it's always really good. Or when a track is rubbering in. I think the worst qualifying is when the opposite happens, when the best grip is at the beginning and then it starts to drizzle or whatever else and the grip starts to go away. Whereas this way of grip getting better, better, better and the driver's getting faster and faster and faster, taking risk, making mistakes. I, I really enjoyed qualifying. Yeah, I mean, I, it was really exciting. Uh, you know, first of all, you know, in FP3, when we saw the old war horses at the top there, saw Fettel and uh, Alonso at the top with Gasly, it was yeah. really exciting. It would have been cool to see to see Lewis there too, because it really shows you, you know, we, people often say that the wet really brings out those experienced racers. It's a great mm-hmm. equalizer, and, and I absolutely loved seeing it. And so similarly in qualifying, I was very disappointed that... Um, I guess we now understand that the Aston Martins had a bit of a technical issue as the weekend mm-hmm. went on. So we really didn't get to see Fettel's pace, but certainly the star for me was seeing Alonso as, as well as, you know, Carlos did as well. So Alonso just, you know, drag that Alpine, albeit very strong on the straights as we're increasingly discovering, you mm-hmm. know, into the top three was just, just stellar. Uh, he's kind of a controversial figure. You know, every, it seems like every yeah. race he's getting in trouble for being a little dirty. Um, probably because he's a bit checked out you know he was promised a competitive car for 2022 and didn't quite get it so he just has no misgivings about trolling but i think he's bitter because like you know i think Mm -hmm. one of the episodes in the past arafat said it like he's five points away from five world titles he's just been so unlucky and has had so many small things keep him from being much you know bigger than he is and i think that a lot of that frustration is still there. Last year, we were talking about how mm-hmm. cool and calm and collected he was. But I think it's because he knew he was waiting for this year. And this year, he's been a little bit of like, you know, like the Formula One bad guy. Like, you know, getting on the radio and like uh, making public yeah. statements. And, you know, I think and I, I don't know, maybe it's a little bit of the old Fernando's back. Totally agree. Totally agree. But it's still very exciting. Can we just to talk about the most important moment of qualifying? Yes, please. And Adam, as our Red Bull representative, you might be able to give us some insight into this. Charge on. Let's talk it. about Perez's walk through the forest. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I that? saw you guys post about that. I actually thought it was very funny. You're like, why are they making him walk back? Don't they often, though? Or is it only during the races? Yeah, but why is he walking through a forest? Yeah, oh, he yeah. offered the bike. And yeah. uh, he said, no, he said, I'm going to walk. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's the, that kind of um, adrenaline soaked decision where you just make a snap call and it's a really dumb one. Or that or forest apparently was... has spiders and snakes. Why yeah. are there giant spiders and snakes in Canada? It's not Australia. Yeah, it was very peculiar. He must not have known what he was getting himself into. Or either that or he had to blow up a lot of steam. Yeah. And so what the last thing I want to say about qualifying. Oh, rough time for Sergio. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, the last thing I want to say about qualifying is um, obviously Mercedes had a good result with Lewis Hamilton getting on the podium. Um, but what I think actually they were still about 0.7, 0.8 seconds a lap slower than Ferrari and Red Bull. And I think mm-hmm. the safety mm-hmm. car helped pull the leaders back towards them. Otherwise, they would have just been in sort of no man's land by themselves. And I think Mercedes, the battle between Russell and Hamilton is being won on Saturday. You know, Russell had this whole Mr. Saturday reputation. I think a lot of it is because, you know, they're trying alternate setups and things. And we know this week Hamilton was experimenting and had a different setup again. 
Um, but I think whoever wins Saturday goes on to win Sunday. Although there's a lot of mitigating factors, the different setups and whatnot, I think qualifying is probably the weakest part of Lewis Hamilton's arsenal. And that sounds strange to say because, you know, he holds a world record for most pole positions. But I just, I don't know, you know, in my mind, when I think of people that qualify amazingly, mm -hmm. my brain still goes back to Red Bull Vettel. Yeah. And with Hamilton, whenever you were watching qualifying, you never knew if it was going to be him or Rosberg. You know, it was always kind of close between them. Whereas when Vettel was in that Red Bull, you knew Weber was never going to get pole. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, I, I don't know why I still think that qualifying is not Hamilton's well, he, strongest No, part. I think he... I, I think, you know, I was saying this before, that actually the last time Adam was on, Hamilton has a skill where in qualifying, when he's finding the groove, in that last lap of Q3, he can pull out like two tenths of extra pace and put it on pole. He can do that. We've, we've seen him do that before. And I think what's going on now is he's taking these experimental setups. Plus, he's got a car that he's not used to. So yeah. that's putting him behind. Look, when, when Russell pulls the experiment, he qualifies eighth. You know, when it's yeah, Hamilton yeah, yeah. No, I'm not saying Hamilton is bad. Like, mm -hmm. if you had it's a okay, top Trump's that. card, you yeah. know, Hamilton's race pace would be 10 out of 10. Hamilton's overtaking would be 10 out of 10. All these stats would be 10 out of 10. I'm just saying, because qualifying, I'd give it 9.9 .9 out of 10. Sure, Valtteri yeah. could If you had to have one weakness, I think it's there. But it's not that he is weak in qualifying. It's just of everything. No, no, I, that he I, does. I don't think. Yeah, yeah. So I, I see what you're saying. And I just think that, you know, in the future, like, Let's say Silverstone onwards. Silverstone is when Mercedes is supposed to come out with a massive upgrade package. Like, you know, it's supposed to be everything that they've been building towards. It's still yet yeah, to see so. whether or not. Yeah, it's like I said, it's yet to see whether that package will emerge. But that's what it's supposed to happen. If that happens, let's say it doesn't fix all the problems, but it fixes it enough that, you know, he doesn't need to mm -hmm. collect data every week. Then I think we can see Hamilton and, and Russell really fight for qualifying positions but i think you're right because had hamilton qualified ahead of russell in the last few races that would have been his podium each time so it's really just whoever qualifies ahead tends to be the one that finishes ahead and uh i i think that's just what we're going to see going forward and like i was saying before i do think we've reached the point now where mercedes is saying you know what we're not really focusing on anything beyond p3 and the constructors and we're just going to you know fix this problem from now until the end of the yeah. year so we have a good car for next year i i don't see them realistically pushing for beyond that speaking of qualifying ahead and finishing ahead should we talk about verstappen versus carlos yes um should we i think that was great you know the last few laps i think it was really really good if, if to our listeners adam has disappeared um much like sergio perez's engine <laughs> And I, we are we are patiently awaiting his return. <laughs> so what did I miss? Are we still talking about maple syrup? I'll, I'll send you a, a twelve, or if you send me iron bruise. We we were talking about Verstappen versus Carlos, and I was saying the last fifteen laps I thought was amazing. You know that tension of can Carlos do it? Can Verstappen hold them? The only thing I would change because there was a lot of cat and mouse going on about charging the battery versus when you deploy the battery. And I'm sure the graphics were there, but you know, in the excitement of it, I probably wasn't seeing when people are deploying their battery, when they're charging it up. Mm -hmm. And I think that would add something to the viewers to be able to see yeah. a little graphic yeah, that's showing that. Like that. they used to, you know, in 2009, when they had the curse thing, you could see it, the green bar charging up and then deploying. Mm -hmm, yeah. 
Just something to let us see what the drivers are doing. That would be really nice. No, that yeah, we don't get to see. I think it would be really cool to see, and I think put more power in the overtake button, and you know maybe depower DRS a little bit. I think that would be really really cool. But I like the battle between Verstappen and Carlos. I could tell from the beginning that Carlos was never going to get ahead of Verstappen because his gap was just never. He was always right on the cusp of like six tenths, seven tenths of a second. Mm-hmm. You got to be a little closer. And I just think it was that Ferrari didn't have the traction coming out of the hairpin. I saw some people on Twitter say that, oh, it was Carlos isn't, he he just doesn't have the skill. I actually, eh, I don't think that true. was the case. I'll, I'll, I'll be the dissenter here. I think, I think Charles could have gotten it done. Really? Yeah, I, I, I really do think so. It was, you know, there was a, there was a, Funny moment in the post-race interview where Max said, oh, I made a mistake, and I looked at my mirrors, and Carlos made the same mistake. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, you know, that says a lot. I mean, honestly, we, we kind of know that there's that talent gap, right? We know it's Max versus Charles. And, uh, yeah, that's and pretty funny. I, 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 know yeah, that. I don't think it's definitive for sure, but I do think that there is a little bit of a talent gulf there. You know, you've got, um, we've got uh, Charles versus Max, and we've got the Battle of the Spanish Speakers. As Sergio would say. Yeah. So, I think we're sort of... We know there's going to be a fight at the front of the championship. Um, it'll probably mm. end up being Red Bull, Ferrari, Mercedes in the top three. But let's look at the rest of the field. Who do you think is going to occupy position number four in the Constructors' Championship? Yeah, for me, that's got to be Alpine. It's not it's not a total lock, you know, every once in a while we see what is this third row lockup from Haas out of nowhere. Started this series very well. Um, and then you see even Aston Martin, you know, they've gone to the Green Bull format now. Suddenly Fettel's putting in the top three in the wet. Um, and maybe when they get that stuff sorted out, when they become go from pink Mercedes to Green Bull. Yeah. Even if it's mostly cheating, they could end up being fourth <laughs> over it. Yeah. Uh, I, I wouldn't rule that out. You know, unfortunately, my in my in my fantasy team, I took Valtteri out for Lance because of how well they were looking in the early practices. And while uh, it didn't pay off for me, I am second in your league now. So I would maybe I would have been first if I had kept Valtteri. But uh, I, I don't know. I, I feel Aston Martin might greatly surprise us. But if I had to bet, I'm going to have to say Alpine because this is now the second race in a row they've been fastest on the straight. Yeah, I was going to say with um, McLaren and... because right now Alpine is four points behind McLaren. McLaren has mm-hmm. all of the team organizational problems of Ferrari and none of their speed. So they're just like, like I don't know yeah, what sure. happened this week with their double stack from hell that was just so bad. But it's been like that for now a few races where there is like a power issue or a cooling mm-hmm. issue or something, um, you know, DNFs or bad strategy, and they're just not able to keep their car ahead. And you know, I don't think they're gonna. I don't think they have the consistency. I don't see them pulling yeah. it together the way other teams might be able to pull it together. So I do see all totally agree fourth, which is really you know it's not. It's like if for McLaren to be in 2023rd in the championship, then 2021 fourth, and then this year to finish fifth, I think would be really heartbreaking for McLaren yeah. since they had really yeah. worked their way back up. Um, I, I agree with Adam that I think Alpine is going to be the team that finishes fourth because I think they're getting stronger and stronger and stronger. McLaren, I think, had a strong start, but they look a little bit lost. I don't think they'll get fourth, but the team that has really impressed me the most is Alfa Romeo. I think they're just doing a quietly competent job. Valtteri seems mm-hmm. much more relaxed. He's enjoying being a team leader. 
Um, Joe is doing a really good job. You know, he's had a second point finish. I think he would have had more if it wasn't for bad luck. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, absolutely. And, and this is a team that finished eighth and ninth in the last couple of years. They're now sixth. And, you know, for, I think if they finished in sixth place, that'd be a huge achievement for them. And so for me, that's the team that I'm sort of most impressed. With. I think Alfa yeah. Romeo is what Williams wishes they could be. Yeah. <laughs> You know oh, yeah, I mean? maybe they will be. Did you hear about this uh, rumor that they might be taking Renault engines starting next year? Yeah. I hope they do, because I think that would be good for Alpine. Mm-hmm. It would also be good for Mercedes. Apparently now with all these caps and whatnot, um, Toto's saying it's no longer very rewarding to be a yeah. a, a, a manufacturer for them. Interesting. Yeah. For, for other teams. So he's happy to let one go. Yeah. So I wonder, so, okay, Arfa, you think Alpine, then McLaren, then Alfa Romeo, or do you think Alfa Romeo will take McLaren's spot as well? Oh, uh, if Alfa Romeo overtook McLaren, Ricardo would <laughs> be in IndyCar next year. <laughs> that, that's what's happening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, Haas is interesting. Haas has a lot of potential, but... They're a little bit like McLaren, where they're not able to get their cars to the end. They set it up... No, you know what they're like? They're like Williams in 2020, where George Russell is pulling out these Q3 performances, qualifying really well, but the car, as soon as the race starts, just sinks slowly to the back. And I think that's what is going on with Haas this year. So my prediction is Alpine in fourth, I think, McLaren, then Alfa Romeo, then Alfa Tori, then Haas and Williams. Alfa Tori has the potential, but their cars have the like the fragility of Red Bull down to a pack. Like they, they just keep not yeah. making it. And I, I'm not sure why. I think why, they're not using enough duct tape. That's the yeah. problem. It's, it's such a shame too, because I think Yuki gets my um, most improved driver of the year award. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yuki's Speaking of drivers that need to improve, last thing before we move on to the next section, what do you both think of Mick Schumacher? Oh, um, he seems like a nice boy. <laughs> uh, you know, I feel so bad for some of these folks who who don't have the cars to prove themselves. Sometimes, I mean, certainly when he's put next to Kevin Magnussen, it's not looking great. He was supposed to be the gentleman who you took took one year to to figure out the car and another year to perform. But F one isn't like that because of how yeah. how different the cars are in performance. I suspect that he is talented. I suspect even Nicholas Latifi is talented. These are guys who won yeah. F two races. I think sometimes so. handily, um, and it's just so hard to judge when they don't have the proper machinery. I think last year it looked like Mick was doing a good job. I think it's the Kevin Magnussen coming into the equation that's caused trouble for Mick. I'd give him till next year to see what's going on. But the random, super weird prediction that I'm going to throw into the mix is if Mick continues to have struggles and doesn't mm-hmm. make it. I think he will go to IndyCar and it may be to get a Schumacher back into a Ferrari. Ferrari may suddenly have an IndyCar program because they're looking at IndyCar in their R&D section right now anyway. And the way McLaren have gone back to IndyCar. And I think that would actually be quite cool to have a Ferrari at the Indy 500 won by Mick Schumacher. Wow. (laughs) That'd be cool. It really depends with how much money these gentlemen come to because, you yeah. know, I mean, Drive to, Survive, Drive to Survive made it look like the German government was even on, on Team Mick. And, of course, Nikki Latifi comes with his money. And I guess that's one of the things that um, 
that Oscar Piastri bemoans a little bit as he doesn't necessarily have a huge champion. Mm-hmm. Um, although there's so much goodwill behind him. I have to say, am I the only one? Am I going to take your temperature of the room here? I mean, I feel like <laughs> Nick DeVries has been waiting so much longer. I would much rather see Nick in, in the Williams than, than Oscar. And I feel I seem to be alone. I think he, the, the guy is amazing and has not had his due. What happened? I like that you said, can I check the temperature with Nick DeVries? I once had to yeah. check Nick DeVries when he had a temperature. <laughs> when he was like oh, really? That's amazing. 12, 13. Yeah, I was at the McLaren Technology Center and he, he was brought yeah. up to the team doctor being like, he's sick. Look at him. And uh, he was fine. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, Do you think I he would remembers like to see him in F1. No, of course not. Um, but I, I just for that because I want to be able to be like, you know the the Leonardo DiCaprio meme where he's pointing at the TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want that to yeah. be me. Being like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I really want Nick in, and then don't I just like, you know, yeah. last year mm-hmm. when the Alex Albon Williams seat was open, Toto Wolff made a huge play to try and get Nick DeVries into that seat. But that's the only yeah. time I've ever seen him advocate for Nick DeVries. So I don't know what happened. And he's been doing good. He's like a two-time champion in Formula E, so I don't know why Mercedes has forgotten. Is he two-time or one-time? I think he's one-time champion. I thought he was a two-time champion. No, he's one. He just crushed everything and left, just like Oscar. No, he's still there. Um, he's just not doing a... Oh, he, he won Formula 2, and then he won I'm Formula, in Formula e. 2. Yeah, oh, okay, yeah. Formula E, and Oscar just yeah. said, I don't need to prove myself anymore. I'll just wait. Mm, if if yeah. Williams really are switching to Renault engines, I guess it's going to go to Oscar. But um, I think it's a real Who's shame. Who's the other guy that lost? Oscar, Oscar hasn't done his time yet. He's still like, he looks like he's 16. <laughs> <laughs> Lando Norris looked like he was 12 until the year he got he into Formula does. 1. No, but he yeah. like, he like got, he his face like matured when he got his yeah. McLaren contract. I don't know. Yeah, the McLaren contract will do that to you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so. As soon as you see that papaya. <laughs> So speaking of people that have been forgotten about, one person who has not been forgotten about by Sky F1 is Christian Horner, and we posed this question to our fans. We're trying to pose a question to our fans every week. Uh, so if you guys want to get called or shouted out on our episode, uh, respond to our question prompt on our Twitter at Slow Pit Stop, and we'll be sure to read out your response. Our question this week was, what's the real reason Sky F1 consistently brings on Christian Horner Every single race weekend. Actually, every session of every race weekend. Arfa, you had an interesting theory using numerology. Do you remember it off the top of your head? Yes, I worked it out this week. So, um, you know how uh, Christian Horner and uh, Toto Wolf bully Matteo Bonotto? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because he's the, the sort of nerdy engineer. Well, just keep, keep that in the back of your head That's for a right. second. <laughs> so if you take the alphabet and you go A equals 1, B equals 2, C equals 3, blah, blah, blah. So Christian Horner <laughs> adds up to... What was it again? 179. Um, and then 1 times 7 plus 9 is 16. And then if you do the same with the word sky, that's 55. So 16 and 55, those are the two Ferrari cars. This is all being set up by Ferrari so that the public will hate Christian Horner. This is how Matteo Bonotto is getting back at Red Bull. Mm. Wow. Genius. Ingenious. That, that's my theory. I, I think it's just the simplest and most obvious yeah, um, yeah, obvi- yeah, and definitely. therefore probably the most correct. <laughs> Adam, you are our resident Red Bull fan. We bring you into our episodes to give us to make it look like we are inclusive and uh, all-encompassing. Mm-hmm. What? Why do you think Christian Horner is 
you know, on Sky F1. Do oh, you don't watch Sky F1, so you don't know. But he is on Sky F1 all the time, like mm-hmm. literally all the time. Why do you think that is? Well, I, I mean, look. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's because he starts every sentence like that, and it's very soothing and predictable. <laughs> he's just, you know, got a cup of coffee in the morning. No, I don't know. I mean, he's got he's got the presenter voice. I think, um, you know, Sky F1 just wants people with more English accents that will just slide right into their mold. <laughs> um that's that's what we say on the outside is the reason but the real reason is that jerry hollywell is calling in favors <laughs> yes uh i think that you know they just really like each other they they all just really they're all friends uh you know out, off camera they're all friends and like you know when you're friends you just want to talk to each other all the time so they're like recording this commentary and they're like hey you know what Let's see what our friend thinks about it. So that's why they call Christian Horner. Let's see what our fans thought. At Manti V1607, Manti Verma said, he does not have much to contribute on the pit wall, so he has the time. <laughs> Instructing that Max should have a better strategy does not really take a lot of time. Yeah, he's not doing anything on the pit wall. What does he do? He just sits there and watches the race like the rest of us. Uh, isn't, that, isn't that right, our fight? No, he's, he's not doing anything important. Um, <laughs> at the, that's right. At the JGG01, Jed, he said, because they know he'll give his own hot takes. He always has an opinion on just about anything. It doesn't seem to have the presence of mind to stay silent, or he just loves steering the pot. But they ask It's the not his fault. They ask him about everything. It's not necessarily that. Like, he's not coming on and saying, hey, I want to talk about Haas. They're, you know, Haas will DNF, and then they'll be like, and now Christian Horner. For your expert analysis, why has Haas DNF? up? Like he's like they just ask him all the time. <laughs> uh, David Fontana said, "Saw this a few years ago. If you haven't seen it already, it's it's a meme of that little British boy from the Platinum Jubilee screaming with the the caption. Me every time Sky F one says, now let's hear the little Christian. British boy, <laughs> the prince. Oh, is that what he is? Is he a prince? Oh, I thought he was a sailor." <laughs> What? What kind of sailor? It looks like he's wearing. That is a sailor's outfit. But that's how you have to dress your little boy. Didn't we all have this growing up? No. Sailor outfit? I'm just kidding. (laughs) Thankfully, I'm kidding. I do groan every time Sky F1 says, and now let's hear from Christian. I'm like, no. Why? You know, if it was only like in Red Bull specific conversation bits i would really like it like imagine every time there's some issue you could hear directly from the the team principal i think that would be really cool but it's just it's so much and i feel a little bit like little british boy here in this picture <laughs> holding his ears <laughs> you know what he's doing our five did they ask him during the race yeah, yeah, during the race, yeah. He they starts were... giving like commentary through the yeah. race. I mean, good for him that he's not giving up strategy by mistake. Sounds... <laughs> no, but you know, it's so funny because he'll, he'll, be, he'll be giving co- like his answer. And as he's doing it, Verstappen will get on the radio and be like, you know, left graining or something. And he'll be like, okay, I have to go. Yeah. I need to deal with this. Like, like yeah. it happens all the time. So I don't even, I don't know. But um, I, I got to you know, go, guys. My kid's calling. Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Um, Arfa, you know what this little kid is doing that it reminds me of, and I don't think Prince Louis. For anyone that wants to know what Mohammed's (laughs) talking about, it's the meme of Prince Louis screaming at the Jubilee. Do you know what he's what it looks like he's doing? And I think only a very small percentage of our listeners will get this. He's calling Muslims to prayer. I was gonna say he's calling the Adhan, which is really cool. Good for him, (laughs) good for him, little little British boy. What's his name? King Louis. 
Louis Prince IV. Louis. Prince Louis. Um, and then Dave Fontana continues. It's purely to feed his ego. You see him hanging around all the time in Martin's Gridwalk, etc. Please come to me. The rides on the horses with Jerry Howell and DTS, all just to feed the massive ego. I think it's because he needs to wrap Red Bull everywhere he goes. It's not his ego's fault. It's Red Bull's fault. Uh, Super Nats at Natalie Andrews said, he's got their nudes. Oh, boy. That's uh, that's a whole like, can. That's got a lot of likes. That's <laughs> it did get a lot of likes. That is uh, our <laughs> F1 gossip topic for next week. Whose nudes does Christian Horner have? Uh, Ed Johanny ninety eight said, "Easy, he makes himself available for Sky." And to be fair, he is the boss of the current world champion and leading both championships, and he's never holding back. So it's entertaining, even when he talks sometimes. Um, you can censor that out, but. I, you know, that would be fair, but Total Wolf never took on air in the middle of the race interviews when he was leading both championships. So I do Hot think... Mark used to do it when he was at Alpine, didn't he? No, oh, where did he race? Mean, he uh, did. Racing Point? Yeah, when he was at Racing Point, he used to do something. He did, some. used to take it. You're right. He And you know, a, f- a few races ago, Mattia Bonato actually took it too. And uh, I remember then Crofty was like, Mattia Bonato is our visiting team principal of the week. He'll be giving us our answers this week. Implying that every week they bring on a different team principal, which is an absolute lie. That is not yeah, the case. It's like 70% <laughs> Christian Horner, <laughs> 30% everyone else. That's like specials of the week at hospital cafeteria. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's still just something beige. <laughs> you know, <laughs> something beige made of potato. Whenever either of you talk about your hospital experience, it's so identical to mine. I can't believe how universal these things are. It's so funny. It's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. At uh, Farinho underscore 10 says they're sleeping together. Yeah, like I said, they're best friends. I think, you know, all best friends sleep together. It's just how it is. At Lynn of Earth said, the lads in the commentary box are in love with him. They always ask him first, and he's so happy that he's. they think he's awesome. All the others don't care about the media, especially during a race. I really think the other team principals do not care to answer, and Christian Horn is the only one who's like, yeah, well, why not? It's not hurting me right now. So, I don't know. What do you guys think? Is that? Why? I would guess that Toto is uh, too cautious to re- accidentally reveal some strategy, whereas yeah. Matias is gen- genuinely just too awkward. <laughs> I think that's probably true. You know, it is yeah. very impressive that, you know, Christian Horner will say in his, like, in-race uh, question and answer session, he'll be like, oh, yeah, I really think the two-stopper is the way to go today. And then he'll put Max on a one-stop. Like, he is just, he can really separate Ooh. the two things. Yeah, you know, it's pretty So he's a Lewis Hamilton of his team in yeah. pure misdirection. I yeah. See. <laughs> yeah. Um, at Pranusha Ready 93 put a gif of, uh, who is this? Who is this lady spending money? Chloe Kardashian. Just I'm just kidding. Yeah, that's, that's right. That's Kim K. I, I don't want people to yeah. think I'm a complete idiot. Uh, at Ranjani M said, Horner is a perfect fit in the Sky <laughs> Echo Chamber. Uh, he is the Echo Chamber, actually. He kind of just... Oh, you know what? Actually, I disagree with Ranjani. I thought this week was really interesting. Crofty had a little back and forth with Christian Horner. He was trying to get him to admit that he was being hypocritical by trying to change the cost cap midseason, but not being for the bouncing midseason, which I think was pretty good journalism from uh, Crofty right there. Uh, he, j- he kept trying to get uh horner to say in the same sentence like yes i support changing the cost cap midseason but i do not support changing the regulations midseason so <laughs> but yeah christian horner wouldn't say that but it was a good attempt um let's see at love underscore music 23 said all the other team principals are focused on the task at hand and at virtual safety car 
virtual safety Clive said because he's the only team principal who bothers to take the time. Okay, but why do we need... If we're only going to have Christian Horner, why do we need a team principal on at all? You know, it could just be like F1 TV doesn't have... They're not calling in like, I don't know, who's the guy? Yas Capito for Williams. They're not calling in him to to make a, a statement. So you kind of... You don't need someone. That would be amazing, though. <laughs> do you think there's a solution to this, Adam? I know it's a problem you just heard about right now (laughs) (laughs) fix it (laughs) intervene where will you put the wire to fix christian horner (laughs) Uh, christian horner is one of those things that reoccludes no matter what you put in (laughs) (laughs) and that's because that's because you uh, you absolutely cannot treat the occlusion without addressing the source. Does does Christian Horner have any of his own opinions, or are they just all regurgitated um, Helmut Marco opinions? Oh. oh gosh, that's that's the issue. You I know, think uh, Helmut is the media king. <laughs> they probably have a little huddle, and he's like, uh, "Okay, young Padawan, let me tell you the art of misdirections this week." <laughs> <laughs> I will say that up until this episode, I really, you know, I dunked on Christian Horner all the time. I thought he was media hungry and dramatic. And I've, I have to come to terms with the fact that Total Wolf is equally dramatic. I can't believe it. He's oh, on yeah. camera. I, come on. <laughs> I didn't think he would. I thought, I. you know what? I guess I was mistaken. Um, Speaking yeah. of Total Wolf being dramatic, I know we're Mercedes fans, but I saw a meme this week that actually made me laugh quite a lot. And it was the clip of Total Wolf from Drive to Survive, you know, at the end of last year, where he's like, Everyone has a target on their back. Yeah. And they were just like pictures of like Lewis Hamilton with a sore back and Danny Ricardo <laughs> and Pierre Gasly all holding their backs on their back. That's amazing. That's very funny. <laughs> he wasn't lying, but uh yeah. <laughs> I, I will say as a Mercedes fan, this this joke hurts, but it's pretty funny. Uh, I've, there's yeah. another clip from Drive to Survive where he's like talking to Russell and he's like, the good news is you'll be in a Mercedes. The bad news is you're racing Lewis and people have changed it around to, and the good news is you're racing Lewis and the bad news is you're in a Mercedes. So That's I, it hurts, but <laughs> it's pretty, it's pretty funny. Um, <laughs> we have tried to predict the future of the season and where all the teams will finish. We ask you guys to do it every week in our Formula One fantasy league, uh, Let's see who won this week. This week's winner for the Canadian Grand Prix was Custom Creations 1, uh, Tim S. I wonder what kind of custom creations he puts together. What do you guys... Let's mindlessly speculate while I look at his team. I think he builds custom birdhouses. Beautiful. What about yeah, you? I was, was going like to say, cars. it sounds extremely quaint, small town kind of name <laughs> or something. So I'm going to assume it's, uh, it's essentially... Uh, Handcrafted teddy bears that all smell of potpourri. Very, very nice. Can you nice. imagine an F1 car as a birdhouse? And when the bird sits in there to eat the seeds, it looks <gasps> like the bird is sat driving Oh the my god. That would be amazing. Let's get this guy to build it for us, because that's what he does. He had... I'm really down. <laughs> I love it. He had a... Uh, how many points did he have this week? He had 206 points this week. His constructor was Ferrari. Uh, his team was... Lewis Hamilton, wow, that's, you know, the first time that's probably paid off. Carlos Sainz, his turbo driver, 
Pedro Gassioso uh, with 11 points. Magnuson and Schumacher. Why did Schumacher lose two points? Oh, because he DNF'd. Uh, sad time, Schumacher. Uh, that was his team. He is going to be getting a free print of the Canada Grand Prix track. That's correct. Right? I thought we still have tracks yes. that we're handing out. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, so that is our Formula 1 Fantasy. If you guys want your own track because you didn't win or just because you like 3D printed tracks, be sure to hit up Little Prince 3D on Etsy and use code SLOWPITSTOP to get 10% off. You can get a really nice Canadian track. If you don't want a 3D printed version of a Canadian track, this is what you do. You take a rubber band, you drop it on your table. That shape, that's the shape of the Canadian track. So uh, that, that's the other thing you could do. <laughs> Otherwise, and if you don't accept that, we will go to Kuwait and we will find you in Grid B. Did you say Kuwait? Why would we go to Kuwait? Isn't that what their flag is? I don't know. Isn't that what their flag is? What is their flag in Kuwait? Isn't it just like stripes and a triangle? Yeah, that's what Ingrid B has. The oh, Ingrid B. Oh, I wasn't even looking yeah. at. Yeah, Ingrid B. Go. Yeah, we're going to go to Kuwait and find you, Ingrid B. Ooh, what's your signs? Hey, hit us up. We're <laughs> trying to give you free stuff. <laughs> <laughs> anyway guys follow us on twitter and instagram and tiktoks at slow pit stop thank you everyone for joining us thank you adam for joining us we'll see you all next week in silverstone bye everyone later guys i'm gonna go enjoy my lewis hamilton brand monster energy drink now i've earned Amazing. it <laughs>